Wednesday is History Day on Seattle's Morning News, and our resident historian Felix Bunnell, brought to you by Lake Washington Windows and Doors, has been talking to a family that's been operating bowling alleys in Washington for nearly a hundred years, and you have some news about the bowling alley that they have owned in Kirkland since the 1950s, Felix? Yep. Um, we're talking about Tech City Bowl on Rose Hill on the eastern edge of Kirkland, um, right, right where Redmond begins and Bridal Trails on Northeast 70th. Now, when I was growing up a half a mile away and I was a member of the JV bowling team from Lake Washington High School, go Kangs, um, it was called Totem Bowl. had all kinds of mid-century Native American motif and decorations, caricatures. The alcohol was served from a place called the Kalijah Lounge, named after that famous cigar store, Indian in the Hank Williams song. All that went away 25 years ago in a brilliant update and rebranding to reflect the presence of Microsoft. They call it Tech City Bowl. But now the real estate, about three acres or so of prime commercial land in the middle of a fast-growing community, is now more valuable than the business. So Totem Bowl was built in 1958 by a couple named Jim and Frida Gaines. Jim passed away in the 90s, and then Frida and one of their daughters took over. And about 15 years ago, the next generation took over. I sat down there on Monday with two of Jim and Frida's grandchildren, Michelle Danner, Secretary of the Board, and her brother Don Wells, the president. It was Don Wells who told me what's next for Tech City Bowl. The eventuality, unfortunately, is that uh, our last weekend will be the 2nd of October. Uh, we're going to operate and continue to you know, take care of our customers in the neighborhood and you know, just have a really, really good six months of fun and memories and enjoy the place. And then we will shut it down at the 2nd of October. Uh, hopefully, we're going to find a buyer for the equipment that will be able to move it to a center nearby uh, or create a new center out of it. Uh, got a couple things that we're kind of talking about. And uh, so once that all happens, then... Unfortunately, this place will be gone, and there will be new retail and housing here. So, but we'll see what it, we'll see what it becomes. Yeah, I mean, this is just like Narrow's Plaza Bowl, where I yeah. visited in February, I think, down near Tacoma. And to be clear, Don Wells, the other family members, they're in the process of selling that property for an undisclosed amount, and the bowling alley will be open until Sunday, October second. Um, the family's been looking at that, redeveloping it for probably twenty years, maybe, maybe, maybe more. It was recently rezoned by the city to five-story mixed use. We all know what that looks like, of course. Um, that's, that's progress. And there's been rumors for years about it shutting down. Um, they told me they were exploring options that would have included building a new bowling alley there. But the pandemic closures hit hard financially and otherwise, and a buyer made an offer. Now, that original totem bowl opened at that spot with 16 lanes in 1958. Before that, Jim and Frida ran the old bowling alley in downtown Kirkland. And before that, Frida's parents immigrated from Germany, and they settled in central Washington. Off to Grand Coulee they go. They open the Grand, they, I believe they opened the Grand View Hotel there. Had two lanes of bowling and a German club with a secret door to get through to, so they could serve beer during Prohibition. <laughs> you know, those little things you got to do. <laughs> you know, and that was when they sold that and then went to Snohomish and the Everett Rec Center. You know, and it's, so we're, we're talking about almost 100 years of family history involved with the game of bowling. I mean, so we've all seen this story before. It just sort of comes to different communities. Um, they've already told their employees, about more than 40 people or so, not all full-time. Um, and those people will all lose their jobs come October. They haven't told the community yet. This is the first news. We're, we're breaking the news this morning about this shutting down. There's been rumors swirling for the last month mm-hmm. or two, but this is the actual official this news. This will come as down. a shock. You know, and I've worked for family businesses. I've never been part of a family business. But it's clear, talking to Don Wells and his sister Michelle, there's mixed emotions. I mean, they're, you know, they're selling the business. They're getting out of it. None of them has worked in it directly, really, ever. It was mainly their grandparents' passion, but um, it's a big connection. Their dad, um, the son of Jim and Frieda Gaines, he died at age 39 back in 1980. So this is, this is sort of their last tangible connection to their dad, too. So it's, it's, it's an all-too-common story. It's just, you know, it's, I don't know if it's progress, but it's just change. Change is inevitable, right? Yeah. So 
All right, so that's they're open till October 2nd, so don't give up. Make a final visit or several final visits to Tech City Bowl, and they're going to be bringing back the Totem Burger, which was a popular thing in the old Collegial Lounge, I think, and they're going to have 1958 prices and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's still time to celebrate um, Tech City Bowl, Totem Bowl. Now, in other news today, next week is the 60th anniversary of the Seattle World's Fair. We've been right. talking about that a lot, right? We've been collecting memories of uh, people who experienced that. <clears throat> 60 years is a long time ago, but there's still a lot of people around who were there. I connected with a woman named Catherine White. Um, she was born in Seattle in 1946 and grew up on Queen Anne Hill. She's a baby boomer through and through. She saw Elvis Presley on the Ed Sullivan Show and was hooked, right? So in 1962, she and her friend Betsy created an official Elvis Presley fan club. That September, her mom wrote her a note so she could skip school and go to the World's Fair to watch Elvis filming the movie they made there. They watched for hours near what's Climate Pledge Arena. A cameraman helped them get autographs, but it was around twilight when things got all shook up. They were transporting Elvis and a couple of his crew members from one portion of the Seattle Center to another, and he was in his uh, flight gear or whatever he was wearing. And I jumped up on this golf cart thing. I was only 15. It was going like one mile an hour, and I jumped up, and I had my brother's brownie box camera, and I had to look down into the camera to get him in the frame. And and I just I only could do it once, and then I was pulled off the cart by the security. She says, you can't be up there. And, you know, I was, you know, I was nice. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. So she actually climbed up on the moving golf cart and mm-hmm. got a picture of Elvis. She snapped it with this little brownie box camera. Yeah. And it was about 10 days later that she learned that the picture actually turned out. It's a previously unpublished photo of Elvis. We have it now at My Northwest. But it's this incredible I'd look back. And I asked her, were you actually planning to do that? Was this some sort of devious plan you had in mind? I have no idea. It's just like the devil made me do it. <laughs> you know, I just... I didn't even think of hurting myself, but, I mean, I was only 15, and it was, I was like 4'11", I think. They must have been going slow enough for me to have felt safe to, you know, I, I didn't think I was doing a dumb thing, but in retrospect, it probably was. Yeah. I was like a 15-year-old girl. How could you not do that if Elvis is right there? By the way, I didn't know there were any unpublished Elvis photographs. I know. It's How crazy. That that's why. That's what Cairo News Radio is here for, Dave. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a great picture we have at Minor Northwest. We're still collecting memories for a while because the anniversary is next week, right? And then next, there's a very special show coming up next Wednesday night that it's going to be at Seattle Center, live mm-hmm. from the Space Needle. Right. I'm hosting it on the Seattle Channel. We're going to be talking to World's Fair old-timers. There'll be a lot of other surprises including a local legend who I like to call Dave Ross. What will he be doing? I kind of want that to be a surprise. I think people have to tune in, and we'll have information at My Northwest about that too. But, you know, it's the 60th anniversary. There's a handful of people left who help run that fair. They're mm. all going to be there next Wednesday night talking to me and looking out over the city and talking about the past and the present and the future and celebrating a really important milestone in the city's history. Mm. So it should be fun. Will we get the same kind of intensive rehearsal before the performance that we have for, <laughs> for your radio plays? Yes, I'm very exacting. We, we, we go over things. We, we rehearse them into the ground. We stomp all the life out of everything we rehearse. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good. By the way, there's still a place to, uh, I mean, the Lucky Strike bowling alley is still there in Bellevue, right? Yeah, those are those ironic bowling alleys, which I'm not a big fan of. They're big corporate, owned by some sort of Eastern syndicate or something. They move in here overnight. They get set up. Eastern blink. syndicates. Yeah. Totem Bowl, Tech City Bowl, that was organic, homegrown local bowling. That's the kind of stuff that I love. Organic, homegrown. Yeah. <laughs> a small batch. Uh, pretty soon they'll be <laughs> delivering bowling in a box on your front door. Homegrown. That's a Thank good you, idea. Thank you, Felix. <laughs> All of Felix's features at MyNorthwest.com.